the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. I'm Carrie Waddell, and I have here with me this morning Mark Donnelly. Um, this is a financial educational radio talk program here to give you helpful information about areas that may impact your financial life or financial news um, and make people aware. We are sponsored by the estate planning team and the estate planning team um, has been in the Cleveland area for more than 30 years, providing comprehensive, customized, coordinated plans and a known for unbiased, objective analysis and advice um, where what you think of as traditional financial planner numbers crunchers, not investment advisors. We put all the pieces of parts of one's financial life, whether you're working and thinking about what your future retirement's going to look like and creating that income as tax efficiently as possible and avoiding potential financial disruptors or problems that can occur and derail your plan and understanding what things in place do you need to do to address those issues or people in retirement knowing what you can spend, IRA distribution planning, Roth conversion planning, uh, gifting programs, um, and giving people clarity on what they need to do with all those areas. Again, through objective analysis, because if you do enough analysis, decision making is much easier. Again, we've been doing it for more than 30 years. We're accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau, and we're also super service award winners multiple years on Angie's list. And we offer a free consultation for people who want to come in and look at the issues um, that may concern them or questions and how our process is very different than what you've get from other advisors and we have hourly and retainer options and we only recommend our services if you're someone who can really benefit from the type of planning that we offer. And we'll talk about the show ways we can help you with those different areas. But if you want to schedule a free consultation or you can sign up for our newsletters, you can or contact us through the website, you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. 2090 or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Good morning, Carrie. Lots, good morning. lots to talk about. Um, you know, it's getting a midterms are coming, right? And, and the mm-hmm. geese are trying to get fat, Carrie. Mm-hmm. So what, what is going to be on the political agendas? Is it all going to be about impeach and me too and Tax cuts for the rich. Healthcare, I would hope. Yeah, I think it's not going to be those first. I think it's been the latter. So we've been talking about that and how that may affect you. So, you know, is it going to be more about 
you know, I think Medicare for all or health care, you know, right now, you know, the the oh, it's open enrollment season. Right. Mm-hmm. And people are looking at that. You know, I was walking the Lulu, the Wonder Dog. and It's starting to smell like Halloween, Carrie. Yeah. It? Yeah. I mean, like I, the fall smell. Yeah. I, I love That's one of the things I love about the four seasons. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that nature's aroma. Right. right. You know, whether it's the. You know, the, I think certainly fall has a, right. the, the smell of the, just being outside, the leaves, and the, mm-hmm. and then you know, in spring it's the, the, the you know the, the trees in bloom, right. and the summer fresh grass cut in summer. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I think uh, people who are in one season right. places don't Mi- are you know, missing out. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, starting a um, Halloween coming up, right? Um, but the midterms, right? So so we'll talk a little bit about the midterms, you know, and and. You know, a, a, a lot of people are saying, you know, this is a very divisive of uh, time in our country. Um, <laughs> I think it's a very. Do we have a, a a civil cold war coming on? Oh. Um, we'll we'll see. Or what? You know, or are we going to get some bipartisan? I think the only bipartisan uh, agreement that I see going on in Congress, Congress is the, the both parties like to spend money. Right, um, but I saw that Trump wanted to do spending cuts across the well, board I was, this week. I, yeah, well, I was happy to see, you know, Carrie, last week I was talking about how I think I was the only one in the studio who was going to be working on the weekend to get my text. Right. But at least I'm not the only one in America to, to wait till October 15th, right. because you know who else did? Who? President Trump, right? Okay. So we just learned, you know, that President Trump announced that he did get his return done <laughs> on the 15th. So uh, we're not, right. I'm not the only one, Carrie. Um, see, I learned my tricks from the expert. Right. All right. Um, and I hope he does release his tax return sometime because I want so badly to learn what he's doing so I can right, teach Right, but it then people say on the other side, talk about divisive, that, you know what, he's just using the tools we talked to last week. You know, the government gives you, or the tax laws have a lot of language and there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of times you might have to jump through some hoops to take advantage of those opportunities but is it worth it are you going to be proactive and take advantage of that or are you just going to let things fall where they may right so so you know and we're, we're getting to another year end and it's time if, if you know there's still time right to do maneuvers mm-hmm. you know you want to make sure that um you understand or have a way of tracking that you make sure you get your RMDs done. You know, again, the RMD rules, right? You know, you have until April 1st of the year following the calendar year, you attain age 70 and a half, right? Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Right. Okay. Now, um, but if you wait till April 1st, that's April 1st, by the way, not April 15th. That's a bad April's fool joke, mm-hmm. by the way, by but if you do wait till April 1st of the year following the calendar year, you attain age 70 and a half, you will have to do a second required minimum distribution by December 31st of that same year. So in effect, you'll be doing two IRA required minimum distributions in one tax year, and you might not want to do that. But you might want to. But you might want to. But if you think that's going to be too expensive for you to do that, and as many of our clients, when we go through the analysis and we work with them and with their tax preparers, whether they're using a CPA, enrolled agent, some of them are doing it with a robot at home. But the idea is, you know, if that looks too expensive, a lot of our clients decide not to wait till April 1st of the year following the calendar year. They attain age 70 and a half. They take their first required minimum distribution in the calendar year. They attain age 70 and a half. Okay, then they just have to do one in the second year. 
Mm-hmm. Now, if you're not sure which way to go, you know, maybe that's a question. You know, we, we always talk about the estate planning team. We're big on coordinated advisors, right? right? So if you're using a tax professional to help you prepare a return, um, and, you know, maybe that's a question you want to put forth to them and, and, and say, hey, throw me a bone here. You know, I mean, ask them to do a prepare a two-year scenario, you know, where year one, you don't take any IRA distributions, and year two, you take your two required minimum distributions, and let's add up the two-year cumulative tax. And that'd be scenario one. Then scenario two is saying, well, if I don't do it that way, if I take my first one in year one and my second one in year two and add up those two years cumulative tax, maybe I want to choose the one that shows me the less cumulative tax over two years. True. But also, maybe another level is, does scenario two taking two in one year cause my Medicare B premiums to go up? Am I putting through another? So there's lots of levels to doing this correctly. And right now we're gearing up for that year end planning time. Are there opportunities? Um, IRA distribution planning is a big one. Roth conversions and Roth conversions this year because they, um, the recharacterization, the do over is gone now. Right. You have to be very careful. Yeah, Yeah. So, but it's a huge opportunity if there's room to do it and as far as people understanding doing the ira distribution correctly you may not need that money for spending but if you like xyz stock or or xyd you know this bank cd and you you can pull it out maybe it's maturing and you can take a portion of it out and put it in that same xyz cd or stock or mutual fund in a different tax wrapper or uh, in a different tax status and take advantage of these lower rates this is a good, at least you need to be looking at these opportunities. We've even had, um, over the last few years where clients have brought in their parents that are getting older, might have E bonds or annuities or IRA saying, Hey, mom or dad's at a zero or right. paying very little in a zero tax bracket or a very low tax bracket. And still only doing required minimums, let's right. say. Right. Or if they have e-bonds or annuities, maybe they're not taking anything, but maybe right. it makes sense while we have these favorable rates, especially with the standard deductions going up, that you want to take advantage of that and take that out it is, and max out the zero bracket or max out the 10%. Right. And speaking of the schedule A, you know, so you just or the the higher standard deduction, right? So that may affect a lot of you who were filing schedule A itemized deductions in the past because you might not get over the new higher standard deduction, you know, for, uh, you know, a married filing jointly, that's 24,000. Plus, you, you know, you get an additional 1300 if you're uh, attained age 65, for example. Um, now, Singles is is half those numbers, right? Um, Twelve thousand is a single. Now, so that leads to the question, Carrie. Where, you know, our clients are saying, "Well, can we still do the bunching concept?" And right. If you're not familiar with that term, bunching was a term that the tax preparers use is when you're trying to bunch two years of itemized deductible, you know, itemized itemizable deductions in one tax year. Because the thinking that you can't get over the standard deduction every year, so but if you combine two itemizable deductions in one year, perhaps you can. So it's still the idea that's better to itemize every other year than never. You know that concept, right? So now some of the new tax law also is going to put a cap on what you can do there, specifically in the salt, right? The state and local taxes. Those include your income taxes or sales taxes or real estate taxes, right? So there's a ten thousand dollar cap on there so that's going to obviously limit your bunching capability right. but things you can still bunch of course would be medical expenses right so 
you know, you might want to tell your dentist accordingly that you want to pay for that root canal in December or maybe you want to pay for right. it in January, depending on which year you're trying to bunch. Now, remember, for 2018, this is the last year where the medical threshold of 7.5% is there. So, you know, right. starting in next year in 2019, that goes up to 10%. So it'll be even more difficult to itemize medical expenses starting next year. So that may weigh into your decisions at here at year end. Um, of course, charitable contributions, you can bunch, you know, you can choose to pay your charities whenever you want, right? Right. Um, so there's a uh, bunching available still there. Now, remember, miscellaneous expenses have been eliminated. Mm-hmm. That's why if which you, was big for some people, right? If you were paying, for example, investment management fees, if you were paying, a, uh, you know, uh, your investment advisor, an investment management fee that you were deducting on Schedule A, that is no longer available under the new law. Now, the other thing you got to remember, too, is that these individual tax cuts are not permanent, right? The the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act put them in place through 20. 2025. And then if we do not have uh, Congress extend them or make them permanent, we they will expire and we will revert back to the previous rules. So that's the window, Carrie, that sometimes right. we talk about that we have lower tax brackets. We have the higher standard deduction. We have this, you know, in place right now through 2025. Now, um, the other thing about the charitable, if you can, if you make a determination that you will not be able to deduct Schedule A itemized deductions because you won't be able to get over the new higher standard deductions. You may change your idea on how you pay your charities, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's another maneuver that could be available to you as, uh, you know, assuming that you are at least age 70 and a half and are subject to what we were just talking about, the required minimum distributions. And that's called the direct charitable rollover, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where the idea that you can, if you're subject to requirement of distribution, you have the uh, opportunity to say, I'm going to take money out of my IRA, but I'm not going to take it directly. I'm going to directly roll it over to my favorite charity. Now, the benefit of that is that for on your tax return, you don't have to report it as taxable income. It's a wash. But you have to do it correctly. I know some people say, Absolutely. well, I'm going to do a distribution like the rollover. I'm going to take money and then I'm going to write a check. You can't do that. The coordinated advisors, I can't stress it enough. You need to do it correctly. If you are planning, if you've never done one before, and you are thinking you would like to do a charitable rollover, qualified charitable distribution, then these are the parties that you want to get involved in that transaction. These are the advisors that you want to make sure are coordinated. These are the advisors that you want brainstorming and everyone on the same page so you don't get fan mail from the IRS. Right, and that's what we do for our clients. Okay, the first is, you know, obviously the IRA custodian. Right. The second is your tax preparer. Mm-hmm. Okay. The third is your charitable organization. Right. And the fourth is your financial planner. Right. If any of those other ones aren't, you know, interested in getting on the phone with you. Um, you know, as and, and Gary, as you said, that's what we do a lot for our clients is we, uh, we promote that. We're very, you know, we push that forward. We don't wait for them to call us. And, and that's a, a big thing, I think, difference of the estate planning team, the coordination of advisors. We think advisors talking to one another is a good thing. And and over time, advisors that we've worked with, whether it's um, investment advisors, attorneys, uh, tax preparers, appreciate the value that we bring to the table and make their job easier and in turn Everyone does a better job for the client, which is the goal. Right. You know, so a lot of times it's not, you know, our clients after they work with us while they say, gee, Mark, I never even knew what questions I should have been asking. 
That's what we're here for. Um, you know, now, why is the qualified charitable distribution rollover potentially a better plan anyways? Well, because if you're, if you're not going to get the charitable deduction on Schedule A anyways, you don't need it there, but by doing the qualified charitable rollover, you're in, you're actually lowering your adjusted gross income. And of course, if you come to one of our classes or, or if you come in for consultation, a lot of times we're talking about, you know, the tax limbo game. In other mm-hmm. words, what thresholds, if you go through a certain threshold, bad things start happening to you tax wise. And there's hard threshold, meaning if you're a dollar over, Versus softer thresholds. Yeah, and and AGI or modified AGI are a lot of the what you know is the bar that a lot of those thresholds are set at. So if you can lower your AGI by doing the qualified charitable distribution, you may be doing yourself a big favor, mm-hmm. even though you're you know because you can't deduct it anymore on schedule right. A, anyways. So um, look up a couple of ideas, um, and you know it, it and. It, you got you know the other thing too this time of year um you know questions that you should be asking in other words if you're trying to do some year in planning you may want to go ahead and and talk to your investment advisor you know that's not what we do at the estate planning team we don't manage investments for our clients but we do talk a lot and coordinate a lot with their investment advisors and some of our clients do their own investment mm-hmm. advising uh, or investment management right um but you know the idea is you you know it's been somewhat volatile in the markets right, right? uh it's been kind of, you know and and uh you know and so you a, a lot of times you know people don't think about or when they're trying to do their year end planning or whatever they're they're making an assumption that if they have taxable investments you know that generate realized capital gains and losses, you know, whether they're selling something or they own a mutual fund that's making a capital distribution or they're, they're hiring a professional investment advisor who is buying and selling on their mm-hmm. behalf that there's realized gains and losses. And that's not the same, you know, it's just whatever your capital gains were last year doesn't mean that's what it's going to be this year. Mm-hmm. So those are one of those things that you have to kind of now that we're getting towards the end of October, 10 months of the year done, you want to start asking those questions. You want to start talking to your investment advisors and say, hey, can you, you know, again, can you help me out here? Can you run me a year to date realized gain loss report? So, you know, and that information that will also help your tax preparer, you know, if he's trying to, you know, figure out whether you should be upping your fourth quarter estimate or doing or how much withholding you should be doing if you haven't done your required minimum distribution yet this year. I could go on and on. Coordination of advisors. That's what we're, you know, that, that you get a better plan. Right. And um, ways the estate planning team can help you. We can, you can schedule a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation by phone or in person. Um, we want people that want to work with us and see the value and benefit. So we're not going to pressure anyone. Um, at the consultation, we do ask for people to fill out information ahead of time. We also have sample cases. We have some people that aren't comfortable with that, but definitely if you're willing to fill out the information, we'll run preliminary analysis and show you our our math models and projections, especially if you have those IRAs, company plans or similar assets, we'll show you the impact of minimum required distribution and how much 
you get to spend, how much will go to the government, and what's left for your heirs. There's lots of um, opportunities. It shows you us those potential windows. Are you underspending, overspending? And we can do the free consultations by phone or in person. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights. We have offices around the greater Cleveland area. And again, we've been doing this for more than 30 years. So if you'd like to take advantage of the consultation, you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website, financialfoodforthought.com. I have a new newsletter um, posted there. We have alerts as things happen. Um, there's lots of helpful information. I probably won't get the 2019 classes scheduled for a while. But if you're on the newsletter, as soon as I get those posted, you'll get an email blast and it's free and there's good information on there and that's financialfoodforthought.com we also have some calculators there as well all right you're listening to mark dolly and carrie waddell and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team the estate planning team has been helping cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 33 years and we do it one family one plan at a time and it's unique it's when we say customize again we always remind our new clients or our listeners this is not your parents' plan. It's not your neighbor's plan. It's not your coworker's plan. This is your plan. It should be based on your goals and objectives. Uh, it sh- should be based on your circumstances. And you need to understand how your plan works. In other words, it's not the idea that you build a financial model once and then think that you're done that you can just put it away in a sock drawer for 30 years. Nothing further from the truth. As a matter of fact, you know, I go back to one of our rules. You know, all models are wrong, right? but some are useful. And the idea of getting discipline and doing financial planning is the idea that at any point in time that you have a formal written financial plan based on the best set of uh, assumptions that you could make today. Right. And, and for the future. But the idea is having the, learning the financial planning process is saying, when is it time? When has reality given you something that it should change your, the assumption that you made? Okay. When that thing happens, that could be a life changing event. It could be a stock market correction. Mm-hmm. It could be a new tax law that, you know, a lot of these things are totally beyond your control. It's not that you want to make a knee jerk reaction when life throws you a curveball. The idea of having a disciplined financial plan is that you, before you make a knee jerk reaction, you have the, you have a, a plan that you can go in and now you know what assumptions you need to change and rerun your plan to the future. You know, now the robots are so much better today of being able to do that on the fly than what your parents had 30 years ago. All right? So they had to, they had to follow all the old rules, right? The 80% rule and the, um, oh, you never spend your capital rule and defer for ta- you know taxes, defer, 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 and never take out more than your required minimum. All those old rules, they had to somewhat use, you know, universally because they didn't have, you know, robots that could right. run them instantaneously, multiple scenarios. So take advantage of what the robots can do today, except right now, I, you know, sometimes the robots forget to ask you a question or two. You know, that's why still the human element works, I think, the best right now where you're working with uh, humans who understand emotionals and, you know, because, you know, again, you know, a lot of times, you know, my old joke, you know, the robot may forget to ask you whether you like your children or not mm-hmm. or your son-in-law. All right, but I, we don't need to go there, right? Um 
but it's a tool and you by far, I mean, if you use over the years, Mark, if we use these conservative realistic assumptions, people, even with uh, the ups and downs, are not that far off track of their plan. In many cases, if you're being conservative and realistic um, because people aren't still spending maybe as much as they built in for that cushion and peace of mind that there is nice when we see time and time again that people are ahead of plan, right. then they start believing the plan. I mean, the maintenance of the plan and periodically checking in saying, I thought I I'd be here. Am I on track? Can I use it with the new tax law changes? Is a good reason to maybe relook at the plan? Should I take advantage? And it's always about your goals and can there be a strategy used to give you more net benefit or more net spendable dollars or maybe gifting or something else? And one of the philosophies that the estate planning team um, was always is on our in our class book is use the government's money when you can. And that's just saying. By doing a default plan, money goes to the government, whether it's a minimum required distribution in many cases actually creates more tax dollars for the government. Not in every case, but a lot. If you design your own distribution plan, you actually put more money in your pocket. And if you take advantage, if you're lucky enough to be in a low tax bracket and you have a lot in these tax deferred assets, if tax rate in in your tax effective tax rate will go up in the future with minimum required distributions, you know, it's just using those tools and being proactive and looking ahead instead of just letting things fall where they may. Hey, Carrie, you said using government's money. I thought you were going to talk a uh, you know universal basic income. Oh you no, know, I which believe I believe in that. may be a midterm. I think that agenda. is crazy. It's not crazy, Carrie. I think it is insane to give people money just for being. That's the same philosophy as you give people trophies just because they're in on a team. It's an American dividend, Carrie. That's. Well, I can't say that on the radio. <laughs> I, I totally disagree with that. I think we've created monsters by doing that. You you get something for earning something. You don't get something just because you are. Carrie, this is not a new idea. <laughs> I know. I think it's terrible. I mean, we could go back to uh, Thomas More was talking don't about we... this in, in, in 1516. Right. Remember, he wrote the book Utopia. Yes. Right? Okay. Um, he describes a society that has no crime because it can provide everyone with some means of a livelihood hmm are we hearing today about a living wage right okay um so what what did Morris? Uh, you know what he was saying is yeah provide everyone with some means of a livelihood so that nobody is under the frightful necessity of becoming a thief thomas Paine talked about this but idea. there's always and, people that want more it's never enough and what's wrong with contributing to a society because if you give people something what are they going to do in return why should you just get something without doing because everyone's going to be happy I disagree. Thomas Paine, okay, 1796, argued for the creation of a national fund out of which every person, rich or poor, would receive a stipend beginning at age 21. But how is it going to pay for So you're going to take people who are working hard more money from them. As I said, to give you know, to people who do nothing. How are we going to pay for anything? I right, mean, have I'm you seen the deficit numbers? Right, but I'm saying so people are going to work hard. I'm not going to work hard so you can just take all my money and give it to people doing nothing. That doesn't work. That's I'm, kind of the problem we have now. Right. But we're going to talk more about UBI. As <laughs> I we think get that's closer to the. I have another acronym for it. Elections. Um, all right. So last. Oh, I got a rock and roll birthday blur for you. Okay. Now let's get switched over to. Um, was born on this date in 1945. Okay. So he's gonna be a senior baby boomer, right? 73. Um, let's see if I can give you some clues. Okay. okay. He's British. Huh. <laughs> okay. And he's a drummer. 
Oh, well, immediately out, right? Because yeah. no one knows the drummer's I never names, know right? if they're English, American. Mm. Okay. Um, let's see. Well, actually, the name of the band, um, I could have been using You know how we've been reminiscing about the Great Recession over the right. last few, right? Um, and then the fact that, uh, so the name of his band actually could use to describe how we've been reminiscing about the Great Recession a decade ago. Okay. That give you any clues? No. Really? Um, the cut I'm going to play from 1971. I'm sure you'll get it. What, right. it. what year is it? 1971. Oh yeah. Um. All right. I guess uh, you know. Actually, <laughs> that'd be a good the the title cut would be uh, the name of it would be kind of describe what all the geese running for office are thinking of themselves right now. Does that give you any help? It's actually one of their biggest hits. Okay. Okay. I don't know if you've heard it or not. It was interesting at the time because it, at the time it was one of the few crossover hits between AM and FM. Okay. All right. So it, it was being played um, on both AM and FM stations. That's how popular and how, what a crossover okay. hit it was. Um, so we'll stay tuned for that. So I was talking for the last couple of weeks and, and about the 50-30-20 rule, right? Right. And if, if you want, remember, I, 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 last week I went through a couple examples. And, and what that basically is, if you're, you know, we started talking about is if you've got a, a graduate and you're saying, well, what financial planning advice should I give my young graduate, college graduate right. I'm talking about, right? Um, and the idea is, well... Or well, college graduate, whatever you're launching your child into the world, right? Um, so, what financial advice? Well, one of them is follow the fifty thirty twenty rule, which is a rule that or uh, uh, that says that whatever you know money you're making, that you fifty percent of it is spent on your mandatory living expenses, home, housing, health, things like that. Thirty percent is spent on more discretionary items, right? travel, mm-hmm. entertainment, like that. And 20% you save. Okay. Okay. And uh, if you want to hear, go back and hear the previous ones, you can remember, you can always go to the radio station, 1420 AM, the answer. And on their website, they have the local pa- podcasts. So you can just click on that button, find our time slot, Financial Food for Thought, uh, nine o'clock on Saturday mornings. And they have our previous shows podcasted. And you can go back and listen to that. But one of the things I was talking about is that it, it, if you follow that rule for your whole life. Okay. Until you retire. Right. You will have a very comfortable and happy retirement. And we, I was trying to make a case. It doesn't really matter how much money you make. And Carrie, that's what you, you know, you, but I think get you, how, what my definition of, I mean, just for our clients, what their ideal retirement is and the cost of it varies greatly i mean some people don't mind working because they want to go big well um well but that's not following the rule then i mean you can go big right if you've got the money to go big right but i'm just saying some people hey i'll work longer because i want this i want to travel i want to do all the things i never had time because i was working a 60 hour work week so but now the issue here is that a lot of the baby boomers did not follow the 50-30-20 rule. Right. Okay. Um, so the question is, is it too late for them? 
If they start it now, will they still have a good retirement? What is now? How do you define now? Well, I so mean, let's as far talk as about what age? So, so according to the Economic Policy Institute, the medium retirement savings for a household for ages 50 to 55, you want to guess what it is, Carrie? No. $11,000. Say that again? What? <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> the, this is the medium retirement savings per household for 50 to 55 year olds in this country is $11,000. Now that's the medium. That's yeah, that just doesn't sound right, but okay. So, but let's use that as an example, right? Um, because you know, we can talk about the fire movement. We'll talk about that next, Gary, but, um, but the, but okay. Um, and, 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 you know, if you're thinking along the fire, you know, financial independent retire early, that's great. We'll talk about that next. But very few Americans are succeeding at that. Fewer than 1 million Americans retire by age 50, according to Age Wave. Have you seen Age Wave yet, Gary? No. So the Age Wave is a California think tank that is, is doing great studies on the baby boomers. Okay. Really interesting if you want to visit their site sometime, Age Wave. Um, all right, so there's not a lot of Americans who are retiring before age 50. But my, my, my point is, can the 50-30 rule, 50-30-20 rule save the 50-year-old, you know, person who hasn't started savings for retirement yet. Would it work? I don't know. 50-30 will work just because you're talking about if they can afford to do that. Right. Because I I can argue that probably some of them have more than 50 on the mandatory, so that's not realistic. Well, it is it? I mean, in other words, is that's where you can come to an argument. Is any expense that you have somewhat discretionary? Now, so let's run some. I asked the robot okay. to run me some numbers. Okay, so I'm going to use a hundred thousand. Let's say the fifty year old's making a hundred thousand between him and his spouse. Okay, let's say their household income is a hundred thousand. Okay, they're fifty years old and they plan on retiring at age sixty seven. Okay. Okay. Let's assume a 2% cost of living increases on their wages. Okay. And, you know, let's say they start at that point. They have no savings yet. Okay. So they're starting at that point at age 50, and they're going to have 18 years of, of remaining wages. Okay. So now the 50%, they're so $50,000, they're going to budget to spend on mandatory living, housing, transportation, 30000 in discretionary. That's why using hundred thousand makes the math easy, right? right. And they're going to start saving twenty thousand dollars a year. By the way, I'm not saying that's easy, right? I'm just saying, can it save them? Okay. Um, now we have to make some assumption about what rate of return. So if you're not sure what rate of return you're earning, I suggest you ask your investment advisor and say, Mister Investment Advisor, based on how you have me allocated today, what long range rate of return do you think I should be using to build my financial plan? By the way, also tell them net of your fees. I was going to say, well, these people don't have an investment advisor because they have no money. So which rate? Of well, they're going to go get one now because now <laughs> they're going to start saving. Okay, so twenty thousand first year savings growing at five percent. All right, now. What does their, and then they get the 2% cost of living increases on their wages. So at 67, their cumulative savings now is 684000 Okay. Okay. Let's just call it 685000 Okay. That's based on, you know, the 5% rate of return, mm-hmm. Comp, you know, over the 18 years. 
Now, what is it? What are they going to be spending? So I, last week we talked about just as an average, we're going to assume that most of our clients today, when they give us a number off the top of their head, says they need about $60,000 to cover their mm-hmm. expenses in retirement. Although okay. in all fairness, I mean, that's just an average. We have people that spend quite a bit less and other people that spend right. quite a bit more. That's why you don't ask your neighbor. Right. You run the numbers yourself. I mean, we've had two people, same age, same company, have totally different plans on how they define and what they want to spend in retirement. Right. But they, well, yeah, but they might not be making the same wage. Right. But I'm just saying, even with similar, you have different ideas right. on so what So the idea you want. is, can you follow the 50, 30, 20 plan with your wages? That's the key. Right. All right. Can you, you know, now. So let's take a sixty thousand dollars, but but by in, for eighteen years now, that's going to be more expensive, right? Right. So let's add three percent inflation, so it's roughly a hundred thousand. Okay. So the so they're going to need about a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and what did I say their investment balance grew to? Six hundred. Six hundred eighty-five thousand. Okay. Can they do it? Well, well now they have we social get, security. Well, now we got to go to the four percent rule, right? Okay. Because now we can use Benjamin's four percent rule as a starting point. Now again, because there, you know, let's say the thirty years, because Benjamin used thirty years. And by the way, if you're not using a thirty year time period, you might have to uh, adjust the four percent rule, right? Um, but if you're using thirty years, this takes them to age ninety seven. Is that long enough? Yeah, I would think 97, okay. a good number. And assume that they continue to get 5% uh, rate of return. They start their 4% withdrawal. So then the first year of retirement, on um, their 684,000, they withdraw 4%. That's 27,000. Okay. Uh, about 28,000. Now you mentioned Social Security, right? right. So, uh, you know, based on, you know, I, I'd asked the Social Security robot to run me what, you know, this, what their projected Social Security benefits would be. And for uh, and and just assuming the half spousal, let's assume mm-hmm. that one of them wasn't even in Social Security, right? Um, the you know the the main the, the making a hundred thousand a year that'd be about forty eight thousand, and then um, the spousal is going to be half that, about another twenty four thousand. Okay, so they have you know adding up the forty eight thousand and the twenty four thousand, the two Social Securities plus the twenty eight thousand uh, withdrawal from the investments, they're looking at a hundred thousand. Okay, it could save them if they can realistically swing that because sometimes people can't sometimes people end up having to help their kids or have student loans or their daughter gets a divorce or life or what happens if there's a market correction and they're not getting five percent for a few i mean there's so many variables i know these are just models but um i think everybody is different and what's realistic and um you know, sometimes people are really frugal and not how many times do we see people not spending because they really don't know. And then after a few years, they start getting the confidence the money's going to be there. Then they feel more comfortable about spending. Um, these are the issues we help people with, as well as remember, this is a great time of year. Um, there is still time to implement year end planning strategies that could save you money long term and using the opportunities in the complicated tax code and avoiding potential problems and traps. Um, but there are plenty of year and there's IRA distribution planning, Roth conversion analysis and planning and recommendations. Um, if there's, you know, we have people starting to call that are have retirement elections, whether it's pension. Um, I, you know, I met with someone a couple of weeks ago, I've been meaning to talk about on the show. And when we were talking about the pensions, they said they went to, um, there was only, they met with five investment advisors and one was a family member. And they went to all of them and said, should I take the lump sum or the pension? Four out of the five 
said, take the lump sum. And there was only one that said, ah, you probably should have some analysis done. I don't really do that, but you probably should carefully think about that before you make that before decision. Before you just made the, the decision that, right. that without when, writing any analysis, just take the lump sum and, and, and give when, it to me and I'll and invest we, it for you. Because he was married. So we took, there was a lump sum amount. I don't remember the dollars. And then there was a 100% survivorship. When we ran the analysis in his case, all he, you know, it made more sense because he would need to get an 8% growth every year on the lump sum to match what the pension would be. So actually, in his case, the pension payout, and they were in good health, and it was 100% survivorship, his wife was younger, made much more sense than the lump sum. So it's always looking at that analysis, and we have people this time of year right. look at it. Remember, we know you're busy. We know whether you're retired or working, you're busy. Um, we offer the free no-obligation consultation. You can do that by phone or meeting at one of our offices in person. You can call the estate planning team to take advantage of that. We're booking now through the end of the year. However, if you want analysis and implement any potential strategies, you really should get on the calendar by the end of November. Um, You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Remember, we're not there now. We will give you a call on Monday morning. Or if you send an email through the website, we will get back to you. That's financialfoodforthought.com. Or you can visit the website for the calculators. Sign up for the newsletter. We will keep you posted on classes and other financial news as when you'll get a monthly or twice a month e-newsletter for free. All right. Yeah. And so the, the pension analysis or the pension maximizer, sometimes professionals have called that, it's a very straightforward mathematic, mathematical calculation, you know, with, again, that's basic concept. But what's the lump sum? What would have to be earning to replace the pension that I'm giving up, you know, assuming that I'm going to live a certain amount of years. But the reason why you don't ask, the, you know, your neighbor what they, what pension election they made or your, or the coworker who retired a month before you is because you might not have the same circumstances. You might not have exactly the same pension. You might not have exactly the same risk tolerance. And you may not have exactly the same idea of longevity. So, you know, the idea is that, you know, you have to crunch your own numbers. Everyone does this. Everyone has to use the same mathematics. You know, two plus two is four, Mm -hmm. but not everybody has the same conclusion based when they use their numbers as opposed to some example case that you're going to find in a textbook. Um, so the, now let's carry, let's talk about the 50, 30, 20 rule in terms of the fire movement. So the FIRE movement, if you're not familiar with that, financially independent, retire early, it's a, it's a movement that's been growing more popular um, in this country, kind of exponentially, right? Okay. Um, and we could talk about Mr. Money Mustache and his, his uh, Twitter feud with Susie Orman that's you know, surfaced here in the last couple of weeks, last months or so about, you know, the idea of, you know, is finding, is, is retiring early just a, a, a dream or is mm-hmm. it a possibility or how much money do I need to do that? So they have, those two have been kind of going back and forth. Um, and, you know, but, it's. I think there's more to it than just you know using the four percent rule, which, by the way, the fire movement believes in, right? Um, but let's see. You know, how does you know does the fifty thirty? How does the fifty thirty twenty rule work if you want to be retired by age forty? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, 
the first thing you got to know about the fire movement is Carrie. They basically cut out the thirty. Okay. So there is right. no. So there is no fifty thirty twenty. Oh yeah, it's people living in your house. It's, which... it's fifty fifty. It's it's it, the the thirty is gone. It's you spend fifty and you save fifty. So if you thought the fifty thirty twenty, so you is don't want to have any fun those first. Um, you know, it, it, so basically the fire movement, it's the 50, 50 rule. Okay. So now a lot of people, again, who are interested in the fire movement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're making more money. I mean, they're, you know, they're starting with that. So as Mr. Uh, money mustache, right? You know, Pete Adney, right? Um, mm-hmm. you know, he was a, a software engineer there, him and his wife were, I think they said when they started, they were making 160,000 a year, right? Um, so, you know, they, they could save 50 of it because they had no kids and, you know, they're just out of college, whatever. So I'm going to use $100,000 as my starting, you know, 24 year old who wants to, you know, join the fire movement. And he wants to be retired by age 40. So he wants a 17 year career. Okay. Can he do it? I don't know. At 50, 50. Um, now, um, one of the things is if you, you know, when you talk about the fire movement, is that they're big do-it-yourselfers carry, right? Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is, you know, you don't pay an investment advisor to give you management. You go with low-cost index funds because you can't beat the index. Okay. Um, but I think that's an oversimplification also. Well, you can call Jack Bogle up and ask him about that. Okay. Um, you know, but in either case. And but they also, remember I said they believe in the 4% rule. Mm-hmm. But see them, but when you think about the 4% rule, when Benjamin did the 4% rule, his time period was 30 years. Well, if you're retiring at age 40, you better expand that a little bit, a little right? Bit 50 maybe? All right. So th- th- when you hear that the fire movement believes in the 4% rule, what they're not telling you is that what rate of return they're using. See, Benjamin used 5%. 5% okay. ain't going to work if you're expanding beyond 30 years. Right. So what do they use, Gary? Eight. Seven. Okay. Pretty good guess. So the fire movement uses seven. So if you did the same math, you know, if, you know, whatever, if, if, if you, whatever you're starting withdrawals in retirement at age 40, I'm using them. Okay. Cause now you better go out if you still want to go out to age 90, like you're saying, that's 50 years. Right. Right. So, and you, and you want to start pulling out 4% a year using Benjamin's 4% rule and then increasing that every year with inflation. Benjamin used three and a half. Right. Okay. Ooh, um, and, you know, and, and, you know, the, the fire movement, they realized that 5% wasn't going to work. They had to up it to seven. So okay. if you have a 7% rate of return and do and redo Benjamin's 4% rule, you can extend the 30 years out to 50 years. Yeah. But where are you going to get 7% consistently over in low, 40 in, oh, years? Didn't I tell you, Carrie, in low index funds? Low seven cost percent, seven percent for forty years. Come on, Gary. The stock market has done you know ten percent. You know, um, and the stock market has lost historically over time. Um, yeah, you know, so seven percent. So See, now that's an argument where again, I, I mean, the the thought in theory is good, but I think the application in reality is not that realistic. Okay, so you know, so 
How do they do it? Okay, so here we go. Here's the math, right? Okay. So 100000 a year. They're spending 50. They're saving 50. The 50,000 savings growing at 7% per year. The cumulative amount of the investments by the end of 17 years or age 40 when the early retiree wants to leave. Okay, his nest egg is $1.881 million. Okay. And that assumes 50%, that other 50% saving. You never have an emergencies. You never no. have major expenses. No, because you do everything up. yourself. You pay for your health care. Right. But yeah, you don't buy new cars. So you learn how to do a new furnace. You learn how to yes. do a new, well, that's yes. amazing. Yes. It's, it's so you're going to go back to, well, yeah. Because don't a, you need money for all the trades then? You're going to have to learn to do, do it all yourself. You track yourself. every dollar, Carrie. Right. I know, but I'm just saying there's some things you need. Co- I mean. You need a cash reserve. They said the fire moon believes you better have a cash reserve for those emergencies. Right. But is that in the 50%? Yeah. That'd be part of your 50% savings. Now that's going to lower your, uh, but you better check out those new CD rates, you know, because if you're just letting your money sit around in cash, you're not getting, you're not cashing right right now. CD rates are up two, two and a half percent. Do I hear three? You've got to be active. Right. All right. Now, so now the 40 year old's retiring with 1.8 million, close to 1.9 million. Does he have a chance? I don't know. Okay, so now, um, so what is he spending? Well, the uh, he's just going to continue to say you never spend beyond your means. In this case, if we start with his fifty thousand in spending in year one, right when he's working, mm-hmm. we'll grow that. I'll even use three and a half percent inflation because you you know you, you stay in that. That's living within your means, right? So now, so in, at forty, he's going to have to replace about eighty seven thousand dollars. Of expense of you know of income right now so he's gonna so let's start so in and we're gonna start saying that he needs eighty seven thousand dollars of spending growing with three and a half percent inflation for fifty years okay is he is he, okay so there's what the robot said he's got one point eight and close to one point nine million so he can be pulling out about four percent about seventy five thousand we'll increase that every year with inflation. Okay, now he is going to get Social Security, too, but it's going to be lower because he's not working for 40 years. Okay, so he may only be getting, they will only be getting about combined about 90000 in Social Security, you know, him and a half spousal. So they've got about 165000 availability in spending to cover their 87000 expenses. But that's based on, so I, see, I think their plan for the best, hope for the best, and... Nothing's ever bad going to happen. There's no market declines. There's no other disasters that could hit, you know, curveballs life will throw at you. All right. So we've got a rock and roll birthday boomer. Where are my clues here? No. Yes. You talked about British drummer, something about geese and reminiscing about the the Great Depression. Yeah. The candidates today may be using this. They'd be thinking the title of the song is what they're thinking. Yeah. I don't even see if you can hear the chorus. Tax the rich. Yeah, I've never heard this song. You have to ask your dad about this one. Here's the chorus. Aren't the rich taxed already? (laughs) They've made the majority of the taxes. Alright, the name of the group is 10 Years After. Have you heard that, Marina Bond? You don't know him 10 years after. No, I've never heard of it. I don't even... Okay. Our rock and roll birthday name name is Rick Lee. Okay. 
And, you know, this song came out in a very divisive time of our country. Not like it is now. It might have been worse. I was going to say, I would think now is pretty bad. Well, you're talking about the Vietnam. It was oh, pretty yeah. bad. And civil rights. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. But could we play the song today? Absolutely. Could we play this midterm election? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so this is one of the big hits. So, are you trying to catch the fire? Well, we'll be talking about the fire movement, but I want to go back to one of the fire elders, Carrie, to give you a little bit of idea of where the movement came from. Okay. So, so Vicki Robbins, you've heard me talk about Vicki Robbins. Mm-hmm. Right? She wrote a book many years ago called Your Money or Your Life. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got my dog-eared copy here in front of me. Yeah. And I just want to read to you a little bit of what she was writing a long time ago and has been resurfaced by the fire movement. So she talks about, on page 256, she talks about the crossover point. Okay. And she describes the crossover point provides us with your final definition of financial independence. At the crossover point, where monthly investment income exceeds your monthly expenses, you will be financially independent in the traditional sense of that term. You will have passive income from a source other than a job. Okay. So that's what we're trying to do, right? You know, I I know another point on the fire movement rule is they don't factor in uh, the cost of having kids. I don't care is going to increase your 50%. They do because they don't buy Christmas presents for the kids. So they buy them at Goodwill. But I I don't want to talk about that. Okay. Okay. I I can in the future. I'll tell you how they do it. Okay. Homeschool, by the way, too. Um, All right. But Vicky also goes on to give a little story of... uh, she calls it cheap thrills and deep thrills. Okay. Okay. A grandfather with a love for simple living had tied, had tried to install his values in his young grandson. One day, the boy excitedly announced a brand new discovery. Grandpa, I know what happiness is. What? The old man asked. Sure, he would hear a gem worth sharing. The grandson responded, it's that feeling you get right after you buy something. Okay. Cheap thrills are like that little feeling, okay? You get when you buy something. It's the kaching of the pinball machine. The happiness really lasts. It's a half-life of the distance from the cash registered to the car. Deeper thrills come when you've achieved a dream bigger than your ego's aspirations. Okay. See, the fire movement, and that's what, you know, Susie Orman had to backpedal a little bit when she didn't really understand what it was all about. All right. Call for a free consultation at 440-239-2090 or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM1420 The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.